1: Yeah, and this isn't, because people say, oh, you just hate Aaron Rodgers. First of all, I would like to say this. It looks like George Costanza stretched out the neck hole on the shirt that he was wearing at his post game press conference and he finally has ditched the black maybe he decided i'm gonna wear black until we get to 500 and then i'm gonna wear my shirt of which george costanza stretched out the neck hole the all black is gone the black robe is gone there's some significance to all of that whatever it was it's gone (laughs) he's no longer going to a funeral the funeral is yours (laughs) that was last week after the packers beat the vikings and i noticed that all of a sudden the black robe the black hoodie the black everything was gone and he was wearing this sky blue shirt that did look like somebody had stretched the neck hole well yesterday not yesterday, i didn't mention it yesterday because it was a very serious topic about whether or not he's going to retire but we played yesterday sound from after the loss to the lions and he's got a A white, I think it was, George Costanza stretched the neck hole. I don't get that I don't know what message he was trying to send yesterday. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, There's yesterday. And again, again, he shouldn't have let George Costanza wear it because he stretched out the neck hole. So no black yesterday for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what the significance is of what he was wearing around his neck. It looks like a couple of dice. I don't know. Probably not. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, the enigma for the NFL as we try to figure out what he's going to do. For 2023, just like we figured out what he was going to do for 2021 and what he's going to do for 2022. He did say, though, he's not going to hold the team hostage. I think he makes a decision like last year, Chris, before the the new league year begins in the middle of March. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think
2: so too. Again, I I don't think he's trying. Th- th- that's where I've heard a few people, you know, lately, like, you know, oh, like Brett Favre. And, you know, I know we've done this. This is not like Brett Favre. It's not fair to do to Aaron Rodgers. Listen, there's, there's a lot of things we can be annoyed with and talk about Aaron Rodgers. It's not the same. This is again, we got to remind everybody. Green Bay made this bed. This is Green Bay. They are the ones that drafted Jordan Love and started this whole charade here. Right. So that's where everybody's gotta remember that. But nonetheless, is he a little bit of a pain in the butt at time? Sure, of course. And I don't know where this is gonna go. I'm I'm expecting him to come back one more year. I guess that's what I feel here. But you know, I, I think there's you know, some the play was not great this year. Um, I, I think you can question even his attitude and leadership to a degree a little bit, at least the way it looked, the optics of it at times and um, yeah, they got to figure out where they're going as a whole here as an organization. He's got to talk to Guttenkus and Lafleur, and they got to figure out what their off-season plan of attack is if he is going to come back, and all of those type of things. Um, but I don't think he's going to like hold them hostage or or draw this out for
1: a long time. And to the extent that anyone out there is saying, wait a minute, the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers in round one. While Brett Favre still had three years left, they drafted Rodgers because Brett Favre was doing the annual, when am I going to go, when am I going to stay, we better be prepared for this guy to walk away because we don't know when he's going to walk away. And then after three years of Aaron Rodgers on the bench, they decided to, to encourage Favre to leave so they could pivot to the guy that they had drafted. Rodgers had said all along he wants to spend his whole career exactly. with Green Bay. He wants to play into his 40s and spend his whole career with Green Bay. And then out of the blue, they draft Jordan Love. That's what started this whole mess in April of 2020, which has resonated now for nearly three years. Here's Matt LaFleur, coach the Packers, from Monday, talking about whether he has spoken to Aaron Rodgers about his future. How much will you
2: be communicating with Aaron Rodgers these next few weeks? and
0: thoughts
3: on the possibility that he might have played this last game in a Yeah, I, I I really don't want to get into, um, in terms of that thought right now until I sat down with him and had a conversation. So I talked to him briefly after the game last night. We're, we're going to plan on getting together sometime this week and um, sit down and, um, you know, just you guys talked to him last night, so. You said that you want Aaron back from just about any way you look at it. He had his least productive season of his career. He also turned sporty next year. Well, what have you seen to want him back and inspire belief that, that he can lead this team to where you want to go? Yeah, I think, well, I, I think there are a lot of variables in play this year. I really do. And um, sure, are there some things that he could have done better? Absolutely. Just like there's some things that I know I could have done better and you can go right down the line to every coach, to every player. And, um, you know, there, was, there were a lot of new pieces in there, and it, sometimes it takes a little bit longer than others. And uh, certainly we got to have some great conversations in, in regards to where we go with our scheme and, and what it is we're going to do.
1: At one point during the season, Peter King and I squabbled over the question of whether or not Aaron Rodgers should have been there for the offseason program. And my relationship with Peter is a lot like my relationship with you. We rarely argue, but when we do, it 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 uh, it gets spirited. Yeah. We had a spirited conversation, Peter and I did on one Friday, because Peter's like, ah, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. And then as the Packers bottomed out, Peter came around and said, you know what, you know what? If he comes back for 2023, the Packers need to say to him, we need you to be all in. We need you to be here. We need you to make the full and complete and total commitment. And I think that's the message the Packers need to send. To the extent that Aaron Rodgers truly regards it as a mutual decision, and it isn't because he holds all the cards, $60 million fully guaranteed for next year. All he's got to do is say, I'll be there, and I don't have to come to the offseason program, the voluntary portion of it. I can skip the mandatory minicamp if I want to, too. I'll pay you the fine. You can't take away my $60 million if I choose not to be there. I think if the Packers have a say in this, their say needs to be, let's do this right. If this really is the last year, we need you to be here. We need you to be involved. We need you to help make any new pieces of the team, whether it's rookies, whether it's veterans, whether it's people we trade for, whoever it may be. We need you to be here to get comfortable with them because don't you see what happened this year? It took us too long to get the young guys comfortable with you because you weren't here. And when they finally got comfortable with you, look at what we did. If we could just do that earlier, by just a week or two, we're in the playoffs. And again, this is astounding to me because you think smart people don't do dumb things. But sometimes, Chris, really smart people will do dumb things. And this was among the dumbest I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers do the least self-aware, the idea that these guys who were 9, 10 years old when he won the Super Bowl and idolized him their whole lives weren't going to pee down their legs at the prospect of working with Aaron Rodgers. You got to get comfortable. You got to make them comfortable. And it took them a while to get comfortable because this guy, larger than life, yeah, and demanding like most quarterbacks are with a high standard and and it's going to make you nervous, it's going to make you drop a wide open pass. On your first play from scrimmage as an NFL regular season athlete, it's understandable that Christian Watson dropped it. He was freaked out. Because he didn't know Aaron Rodgers yet. Yeah, no. They, I mean, they admitted they were they were peeing down their leg.
2: I mean, when they, you know, as far as their their interactions with Rodgers, wanting to please him, do all of that, right? There was the conversations, right? A few weeks ago, I can't remember what game it was. They felt like the season changed when Rodgers started having meetings regularly with the receivers, right? Then they started to get to know him as a person. Forget what they liked on the film, on film, and do this and do that. They got to hear him as a guy talk to them. A little bit and I'm sure they got to joke around and you know shoot the crap and do all that type of stuff to where yeah it, it, it makes you comfortable now oh wait I, I okay hey let's go have a catch and now you feel like you're you're with your friend out on the football field there, there is something to that and Mike I'm a hundred percent with you you know I, I, he's got to be there in the off offseason you, you, you're the quarterback of the football team you are bigger than life. You're making $50 million a year, right? One, the quarterback of the football team, yeah, be there, right? You're you're supposed to be the leader of the team, and that's going to get everybody to step in line anyways. Then you're Aaron Rodgers. You're great. You're there working. It gets everybody else to work harder, let alone it improves the energy in the building. And it's not that you got to be there every day. You don't got to be there for every weightlifting session and all the running. I get that. But Gosh, if you could just do that for the OTAs and the mandatory minicamp and then just some of the workout sessions, it's going to go over big time with the football team. you know. And Green Bay, you could say what you want, but they, they do not have the feeling of closeness as a football team, I feel like, as compared to some of the other teams we see in football. Uh, there's, there, I don't get that same sense, Mike. And please correct me if you think I'm wrong here or whatever. But I don't feel the right, same no. camaraderie hey. as in Buffalo or in Kansas City that I see there or Joe Burrow with his guys and cigars in the locker room and hanging out. I don't see that in Green Bay. And I think that's, you know, to what you're talking about, a little bit of the, the problem or the issue.
1: At one point this season, Juju Smith-Schuster, who had to get adjusted to a new team, a new city, a new quarterback, a new coaching staff, a new everything, he said that he and Patrick Mahomes and other players would play Call of Duty together, exactly. and it actually helped right. strengthen their bonds. Even though they're not in the same room together, they're interacting, they're talking to each other, they're learning more about each other. It's all about the time you spend, the relationships you cultivate, those little things. You can't draw a, a straight line to it. It's a very dotted, vague line, and may there may not even be a line. It's just the idea that the more you know someone, the more you care about someone, the more you understand them, little flashes, little moments, little things can happen that make a difference when you're out there in that three hours of action, which is very intermittent and quick and goes like that. It can make a difference. And look, look, I, I was wrestling with whether or not to articulate this, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. Yeah. I, I'm really too old to give a crap anymore. I assume Aaron Rodgers is going to do his Tuesday thing with McAfee today, and it would be great if he was pressed on this. If he, had, there was a real conversation, not something framed passive aggressively to make us look like we're full of shit for raising it, like they would ordinarily do. I'm talking about a real conversation with real questions to draw out. Does Aaron Rodgers agree with this? And if he doesn't, why doesn't he agree with it? Why, why does he disagree with the idea that he should have been there during the off season when he's getting 50 million a year? Why does he disagree with the idea that these young receivers needed to be around him and get to know him and spend time with him and get less freaked out by him? It's very real. Why were you having meetings? Remember when he went on McAfee's show and crapped all over the very well-sourced and reported article from Kalen Kaler of The Athletic that had every source on the record and all that stuff flopping around in a boat making no sense in this blind attack on an article i just don't like i i, I know it's wishful thinking i know we're not going to see it and i know we're not going to hear it but it really would be nice and i just trust that the consumers out there understand what they're getting and what they're not getting but it's not it's not a real dialogue it's not an effort to really press this guy no, on things that just would be illuminating the as the, past the butt of or the guy. future right but but let me tell you something. If Aaron Rodgers is thinking about coming back, and if he truly wants to walk away with a Super Bowl championship, these are things that someone needs to press him on. That someone. Now, he, you know, I guess he could be my nephew, too, although hey, I'd probably be the uncle he never talks to. But, but you know, somebody, I think that's the, the biggest problem for a lot of these highly achieving individuals. They get to a point where there's no one in their life to tell them things they need to hear. Right. And that's something he needs to hear if he's going to come back for next year. And it can't just be. Oh, yeah, yeah. OK. Yeah. Those guys are full of crap. OK, fine. Go ahead and come back for another year and don't win the Super Bowl. Fine. Go ahead.
2: No, I, I I, hear you there. You're right. Oh, That's where I look at Tom Brady and he had like Bill Belichick and Bruce Arians to be that guy for him a little bit. And I don't know if that goes on in Green Bay. Just because, you know, Matt LaFleur being a younger head coach and then him going there where Rodgers was already established made things a little differently or a little different in that, in that perspective. But, you know, the other thing, Mike, I, I find really interesting here too is a little bit, you know, what, what LaFleur said when he talked about, you know, we have to system direction and those, that type of stuff. That's another thing that's got to get figured out. And to your point, Mike, gets figured out in the offseason. It gets figured out in OTAs. Wait, I don't like that play. Or, ooh, I think with this group here, after a few OTAs, wait, I think we could play this way a little bit. This makes sense for us and what we got here. Let's start to toy with some plays along that frame of thinking here. That's the other thing that gets lost in this. And that's where they got to figure it out because, you know, yeah, they got to make sure Rodgers is comfortable. The day – what we saw this year is the day and age – and we saw it a little at the end of last year. The day and age of Rodgers being able to carry the team or do more than what's expected, that's over. That—that There has to be a little bit of a formula of help here for him now. He can still throw it. We know that. But they got to make him feel comfortable and protected because that's the one thing we saw this year. I mean, it, it was glaring. You can go to any game. It showed up again the other night. And we could show about 10, 12 plays. Him, I don't know what he's looking at other than the pass rush. Him not cutting the ball loose or throwing the ball with authority. I mean, it was a lot of missed throws and open people throughout the whole year, and yards and plays left on the field. And uh, that's where they got to figure out the system stuff too, so he can feel comfortable to cut it loose. Like, come on, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. We've never seen these type of throws. That was that was underthrown by twenty five yards. I mean, there was a touchdown in our early fourth quarter to Aaron Jones to be had that was underthrown and got knocked away at like the two-yard line. So, you know, he needs the work too and needs to be there to, to feel comfortable so he can cut it loose for 2023.
1: There's some parallels to him and Kyler Murray. We talked about Kyler Murray earlier, the extent to which he needs to make the commitment to become as great as he can be. This is the other side of the coin. This is a guy who got himself into some sort of a Shakespearean struggle with the front office after they drafted Jordan Love. He got upset. It became bigger than football. It became about winning. It became about proving became them wrong. Personal, it became personal, right. about sticking it right. to Brian Gutekunst, right? He allowed it to become personal. He allowed his own individual goals and team goals to take a second seat to his desire to go F somebody up. And he won the MVP and it gave him power, and he uses that power and he still uses that power. And I think, at some level, and you know, to the extent that I mean, this is psychologically fascinating. There's a little element of self destruction here where he's willing to hurt his own legacy and best interest just to prove a point, right? you shouldn't have messed with me. And I don't care if it keeps me from winning a Super Bowl because they're not going to blame me. They're going to blame you for us not winning a Super Bowl. I'm still one of the greatest of all time. I have the highest touchdown interception ratio in league history. I can make the argument I'm better than Tom Brady. You're the ones that look like you failed because you tried to do this to me. You used a first round pick and fourth round pick on a guy who's never going to play while I'm here. There's just some weird stuff. And and that's why I feel like at some level, Green Bay, the organization, I mean, the guy's going to be gone at some point. There's something to be said for just being done with it. But the problem is, last year, he had him over a barrel, and they gave him a contract. It gives him all the power this year. He's got all the power. He can say publicly he's not going to hold him hostage. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. He's, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. He can do he's got $60 million fully guaranteed. All he's got to say is, I'm not doing anything different. I work here. You told me all these years, you just work here. Well, guess what, guys? I just work here, and I don't show up for work on my days off. So you get through the off-season program, and I'm, I'm not required to be here. I'll see you at training camp. It's up to you to put a team around me that is successful. And if you don't, it ain't my fault. I just work here.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not what he does I because, like you said, that's self-destructive. Uh, it's going to do nothing good for him and his overall legacy there. And, you know – the, the other thing that's we haven't hit on here is there's potential. There's potential for them to be something on the offensive side of the ball. Their O lines healthy. It's a good O line. We know they can run the ball. And then these two receivers they got, they might be talented enough to go put them on the you know over the over the edge to go. You know what? I am going to come back. This this could be a formula that could I can succeed in if we do this the right way. Because Christian Watson, by all due accounts, it looks like he's about to be a superstar. He he's, can run by anybody in football. And Romeo Dobbs, we know he's really good as well. So that could be a very interesting combination. And that's why you know we'd want Aaron Rodgers there in the offseason. Because you can maximize something, I think, there that could be dangerous and open up a lot of eyes next year and, and give you a second wind to
1: your career a little bit. And there will be changes in the receiving core. Alan Lazard won't be back. I don't think so. They're not going to pay Alan Lazard to come back. They're not going to franchise tag him. He's going to be gone, so there'll be new pieces there. It's going to be the same thing all over again. The question is, is he willing to make the commitment, or does he just want to keep sticking it to someone as retribution for past offenses when someone dared, dared to uh, frustrate and upset the great and powerful wizard of Aaron Rodgers? All right, let's take a break. A week ago, it seemed like the news couldn't get much worse about DeMar Hamlin. Here we are today, and the news keeps getting better and better and better. We'll give you the latest on Bill's Safety DeMar Hamlin right after this.
0: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th.
1: Heading home to Buffalo with a lot of love on my heart, watching the world come together around me on Sunday, it was truly an amazing feeling. The same love you all have shown me is the same love that I plan to put back into the world and more bigger than football. He is back in Buffalo. Now, he still needs – look, he's got a long way to go. But just the idea that he could leave the hospital a week after. See, health conditions happen to the rest of us. And it's a huge deal when it happens to an elite, finely tuned athlete. They tend to deal with it a little bit better than the rest of us. They tend to recover more quickly than the rest of us. it's one of the benefits of not eating potato chips. It's one of the benefits of regular exercise at a very high level where you're pushing your body to perform at maximum limits. When something happens to that person that would otherwise happen to me. That person rebounds from it a lot faster, and it's just great. It's great to see that DeMar Hamlin, a week after we didn't know whether he would live or die, that he's out of the hospital and he's back in Buffalo.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. It's 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 uh, it's just it makes me feel so good, especially after where we were last week, where it was just gloomy. And you felt like it was a double whammy, and it felt like a a loved one had died. That's what it felt like. Man, you know, a a player in the NFL, I, an ex-player, you know, we all watch football. We all love the game. That was just, it's just, it's been a great few days because of that. One, I think we all needed football to get back going to help the healing process. We needed DeMar Hamlin to have some success at the end of last week, and he did that. And ever since then, it seems like, hey, we've gotten life somewhat here back to normal as far as the football world's concerned. And uh, it just it's, it's amazing how, how quickly it's all come together and the turnaround and the love and support and all of it. And I am just uh, couldn't be happier to hear DeMar Hamlin back home and, and feeling better.
1: And let me just say this now that we're a week removed from it and everything is pointing in a very positive direction for Tamar Hamlin. One of the things that I have heard this week, whether from family members or whether from emails I've gotten, there's been some pushback. Like, why are you making such a big deal about this? People have jobs where they get injured and they die all the time. What about the woman that got shot in a classroom by a six-year-old last week? Why isn't that as big of a deal? Well, here's why. Here's the easy answer, folks. For anybody who's confused about why this was a big deal, for all these other tragedies, and they happen everywhere, they happen all the time. It's a cruel world with crazy stuff that goes down, I know. But 25 million people were watching what happened. It was a collective trauma that we all shared and experienced surrounding the biggest sport in our country. 25 million people saw it happen in real time. 25 million people were transfixed by the developments over the course of the next hour. That's why it's a big deal. These other tragedies that happen throughout the country are tragic, and they're horrible, and they're awful. But 25 million people don't witness them. That's why it resonated. It's a shared experience that we all felt. It's a shared trauma that we all endured. And Demar Hamlin is the guy who just happens to be at the focal point of it.
2: Yeah, and it's it's all a shared love of a game that we love to tune on, tune in, and escape some of the real-life realities, and then yet that got thrown in our face all at once in a moment of the game where we went, man, this is exciting and awesome. So there was a lot of things there. Yes, it's, it's, uh, we know there's tragedies that go on, and we're, we're sensitive to that, and we feel for that, but this was definitely different as far as the big life aspect here and, and, and again, the, the attention to football and all that. Yeah, so it garners more attention. I get that. It's the entertainment business. We don't expect to turn on entertainment business and see, wait, somebody might be dying here. So that's shocking to anybody that has to see that. You're not expecting that. I'm expecting to see lasers from Burrow and Josh Allen, not somebody have to get CPR to save their life on the football field. Uh, So that is a shocking moment for all of us. Um, But but either way, just the way this weekend played out, how can you not think of, you know, again, angels, karma, God football gods, whatever. Just the the way that, that shook out there in Buffalo, the you know the kick returns, uh, some of the magical moments there, are just truly special, and it makes you think there's a, a higher power out there. That's for sure, and I'm just so happy that things are continuing to go in the right direction.
1: Well, first of all, I don't need that to make me think there's a higher power. And second, there is a balance there to strike because science... The fact that DeMar Hamlin was in peak and supreme physical condition, the the quick speed with which people responded, the, the actions of the individuals who the NFL have put in place. There's a balance there. A lot of different things came together. And the reality is, it's not that we don't care about all these other tragedies, we just don't know about them. We all move around in our own little ecosystem. Certain things pierce through what we all do from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to bed. And DeMar Hamlin was that one thing that brought us all together. It was a thread that we all needed. That's where I think the higher power had uh, a message for all of us. Hey, folks, you know what? You need to realize you're a lot more alike than you are different. And maybe a moment like that once in a while has a message in it to not get caught up over a bunch of dumb shit that we get caught up in. Set aside the petty. Focus on the important. That's maybe a message that should resonate for all of us. And we'll see if we learn from it. All right. I hate, I hate to be pessimistic about anything. You may disagree with me on that, but I really do. I'd like to be optimistic. The things that happen around me make me pessimistic, and based on the past seven years, I'm pessimistic that it's going to stick, but I'm sure hopeful that it does. All right, I'm pessimistic Tua Tonga Valo is going to play this weekend when the Dolphins take on the Buffalo Bills. Here's Mike McDaniel talking about the question of whether or not his starting quarterback has indeed been cleared to play this weekend against Buffalo.
4: Has not been cleared for that level yet. I'm hoping to, with uh, all three active roster quarterbacks, um, they all ha- have injury related um, concerns. I'm hoping to have some clarity um, on Wednesday. Um, but as of right now, it's literally the same, if not more vague, than when I just saw you guys last. Saw most of you guys last. Again, the primary concern. Um, is that we lean on medical professionals for this, uh, these medical opinions, and I don't want to influence by over-asking or trying to micromanage what, what the process is when he's ready to, when, when he's medically cleared to practice. He'll practice. Until then, I'm not doing anything.
1: Okay. To, first point, first point. It may be Mike Lennon this weekend. Let's not... Gloss over that. McDaniel said he's got injury concerns for all three quarterbacks on the roster, and Skylar Thompson got banged up on Sunday against the Jets. So there's a chance. No Tua, no Teddy, no Skylar. Hello, Mike Glennon, the guy who's only on the team because he's got the fir- same first name as the head coach. I mean, McDaniel said that joking last week. But that, that's an alarm if I'm a Dolphins fan. It may not even be, can the rookie beat the Bills? It may be, can Mike Glennon score I don't know three points in Buffalo. I, I
2: I hope that's not the case. I don't really want to see that for playoff football, but it is something we got to be prepared for. Uh, I uh, you know again I don't know the extent of Kyle, Skyler Thompson's injury. He is young, it, you know. He did finish the game there the other day, right? So I'm hopeful he can go. Teddy Bridgewater, it's a finger issue, which is never good as far as a quarterback, and it's on his throwing hand, but. You know, hopefully he can maybe throw the ball well enough to where he can play. Um, uh, You know, again, they they have Teddy Bridgewater out there. You know, I'm not even – I don't know if I'd, you know, pick them to win the football game, but I think they can can make things interesting. That's for sure. I mean, we saw them beat Buffalo. They went toe-to-toe with them up in Buffalo just a few weeks ago. So they just – they don't need – incredible quarterback play. I think they match up with them pretty well, but, man, this is this is for a team that's been on a losing streak, barely got in, you know, dealing with the concussion talk of Tua, the Teddy injury. I mean, man, they've been dealing with a lot here, and now they're preparing to get into a, a, a playoff matchup against a team that's going to be refocused and, you know, feeling good and have a real week of practice. Uh, yeah, they need to have some answers to this quickly so they can get their their game plan formulated the right
0: way.
1: Well, the Skylar Thompson situation caught my eye when he mentioned he's got injury issues with all three quarterbacks because Matt Casey in the viewing room on Sunday made that point with Skylar Thompson even though he came back, maybe one of those things when he wakes up Monday morning. Yeah. You know, he's he's having issues. He's having trouble. The adrenaline wears off and maybe he is banged up and Chris, look, I I don't have in front of me a list of all the available quarterbacks out there, but it really is odd that Mike Glennon would end up being a quarterback of that team, given the kind of offense that Mike McDaniel runs. I'd like to think, no no disrespect intended to Mike Glennon specifically, I'd like to think they have a better option than Mike Glennon if it comes down to it. Maybe they just don't. No, I don't think they
2: do. Uh, that's, that's, I think they're telling you that. Yeah, he doesn't fit their system, but you know, as far as guys that have played and have a little experience and are not going to just totally crumble under the situation – you know, those guys are limited out there, and that's where Mike Glennon comes into play here. You know, they got they got to they can't just go. Oh, wait, this guy's athletic and he fits our offense more, but he's never played. That's when you're just asking yourself for a disaster. So they can manage the situation in the game with a little bit of Mike Glennon. They know he's going to know how to read defenses, get into certain plays and checks, and if a guy's open, he'll hit him. But yeah, it's it's not it's not a perfect scenario. That's for sure. And, you know, again, that's it's where it, it's crazy. We're talking about the Dolphins, the fall of this football team, and some of the issues over the last month. It's it's pretty incredible.
1: How I'd call Drew Brees before I'd call Mike Glennon at this point to come in, save me for one game, run that offense, hand the ball off, throw quick passes. I I, I say that half jokingly, but also half seriously. Uh, here Here's something that, that I firmly believe about Tua. I don't think he's getting cleared. And I think this is one that goes beyond the protocol. I just don't think that – that, yeah, because there's a subjectivity to it. And when you consider what we just went through with DeMar Hamlin and what we collectively experienced in week four on the Thursday night in Cincinnati, the same place where the DeMar Hamlin situation happened, and then we had the weird thing on Christmas Day where – Yeah, Tua in the second half did not look good, and then they realized the next day he had a concussion. I just feel like someone, somewhere, somehow, is going to put their thumb on the medical scale and say, He's not getting cleared. He's not playing again this year. We just can't have him back on the field this year. We can't have another Tua Tonga Vailoa hits his head, and what happens next? We can't have it, not after DeMar Hamlin. We can't have it. Is that wrong to think that I, I can't help, but think it. And and it's cynical. You know, it should be, if he's cleared, he's cleared, but I just feel like the structure that's there, the football machine can't withstand another incident. Like what we've seen with Tua, especially after what we saw last week with Tamar Hamlin. Yeah. I, I think that comes into play. I think also just the, this
2: is where, you know, the, the context of situations can be different and all that. You, know, you, you got to, I think, take into account a little bit that, yeah, the the two concussions he's had, one of which looked really bad, right? You know, really three concussions he had. Or three. Two, right. Three or concussions three. he knows? had. Who knows?
1: Officially two. Yeah.
2: Three but. he had. Two looked bad. One, we just saw a bad play in the second half. And, and yeah, that from that standpoint there, too, just as far as that, it's where, yeah, one more bad concussion and a game here this week. That you know the man. Even Tua's got to be worried about himself personally. The people around him, the future. Everything's gonna be you know gloomy. Wait, you had four concussions in one calendar fall season. Like you know, okay, I know we're in winter a little bit here, but you got the gist that that would be concerning no matter you know who it is so that's where they got to be careful here mike and i don't think you're crazy to have those thoughts i'm with you as well i don't expect to see two one for the personal health issues and two because of the way it might look if something bad happens to the nfl and the shield there
1: hey regardless of whether anyone's getting any pressure to not clear him i think that the doctors individually their own consciences their own oaths the hippocratic oath first do no harm if you're going to treat these players as patients and you consider the bigger picture, you got to sign your name on the form clearing him to play. And this is what happened with Javid Best, who eventually could not get cleared by anyone ever to play, not just in a given season, but ever. These are the issues that Tua is going to be facing. And I think for now, he's going to have a hard time getting any doctor to sign off on Tua continuing to play, at least for this season. Let's take a break. When we return, Bill Belichick will be coaching for at least one more season, so he says. We'll talk about the future for Bill Belichick with the Patriots when PFT Live continues right after this.
0: As I just said, we'll evaluate everything that we've done um, from me on down to everybody else and evaluate things and... Make improvements where we feel like we can. Again, there were a lot of positive things over the course of the year in all areas um, that we can build on. But in the end, it wasn't what we wanted to be or needed to be. So that'll all be, we'll, we'll look at everything.
4: How do you feel about coming back for
1: a uh, 24th season as head coach? Is that something you, you want to do? Uh,
0: yeah, I think I just talked about that. So process to start today
1: he's already in 2023 midseason form he's on to Salty, Cincinnati crusty Bill Belichick Bill Bill you make enough money to wear an iron shirt come on man you can just like pop it out of the box and put it on crisp my goodness he looks like he slept in that thing but that's that's just that's Bill maybe he did sleep in it he's right back at it no days off And Chris, what I wonder is, does his opinions, his conclusions, his beliefs as to what it takes to improve the team mesh with whatever ownership may be thinking? Because I suspect we're moving toward a point where there could be a disagreement between what the guy who has created this mess thinks is the best way to clean it up and the people who have just watched the mess be created. They may have different ideas on where the mop needs to go and what needs to be cleaned up and how it needs to be cleaned up. And that's where even though he said he's coming back, until we know that Belichick and ownership are on the same page about what needs to be done, I'm not 100% sure this is all going to work out as smoothly as we assume. Well, I, I, I
2: certainly expect there to be some yeah some real, very candid conversations behind the scenes between Mr. Kraft and, and Bill Belichick, and I think that's what's made them great there. I mean, one, Belichick is the kind of guy that's going to self-reflect and evaluate everything he's done and what the organization did football-wise. Mr. Kraft is one of those owners that we have talked about where he's around, his presence is known. He does not you know, stick his nose into things or get involved into it to a point where you go, wait, that's not your area. He just got a feel for the organization and the overall look and things of that nature. So I, I would expect there's going to be, you know, some some conversations here. And, and I'm sure Mr. Kraft's not happy right now. Uh, he made it be known a little bit last year in the owners meeting, right? Saying he wasn't happy that they hadn't won a playoff game in a few years. And the way this year year looked, and then I think it's fair that this is a year where you can certainly blame some of the struggles on, yes, the coaching decisions. Sure, yeah, Bill Belichick, the offensive coordinator thing, I mean, that's directly on Bill Belichick. There's no doubt about that, let alone, hey, they, they faltered in some areas on the field this year that we're not used to seeing. They were up there in the league leaders' as penalties. We saw them mess up some... Big, you know, moments in situational football that we're not accustomed to seeing. So I'm with you. I expect them to be back, but I'm I'm with you in the fact that I, I wouldn't be shocked. There's a little tension there this offseason between Mr. Kraft and, and Bill Belichick.
1: You know, you've heard for weeks and others have talked about Bill O'Brien coming back. Yeah. That would seem to be. The obvious solution here, assuming ownership is on board with it, but they have to do something to make the offense better. And the other thing that was significant from what Belichick said yesterday, he was asked about Mac Jones being the starting quarterback for 2023. Miles Simmons and I addressed this yesterday right after it happened. He didn't say yes. And, And, you know, anytime there's any equivocation with the starting quarterback, the New England Patriots, I think what would Bill have said if he'd been asked the same question about Tom Brady in his prime? And that's what you compare it to. He would have rolled his eyes and said, next question. He wouldn't have even dignified it with a response. For him to not make it clear that Mac is their guy tells me they're thinking about what to do next. And there's been tension there all year. There have been issues behind the scenes all year. Mac has been pissed about the change from Josh McDaniels to a couple of guys who weren't offensive coaches, much less offensive geniuses. Definitely. And then you throw in the Bailey Zappi thing, and he was pissed. And at the end of the year, what did we see? Temper tantrums every week. And I don't care what Bill Belichick says or doesn't say about the dirty play against Eli Apple. That was a dirty-ass play by Mac Jones. And somebody in that organization may have seen that and been turned off to Mac Jones as a member of that team going forward. They're not going to come out and say it. They'll just move on at the right time. They'll trade him to Josh McDaniels at the appropriate moment. There's no reason to trash the guy on his way out the door, but it sure seems like he's going to be on his way out the door. Uh, it, it does seem like it's a possibility, shockingly enough. And, I mean, I'm, I'm
2: with you in that I do think that was a dirty play. I don't think that's the part in the fact that's going to you know, change the outlook of him overall. I do think what you said originally, but it though, can be it can be the it a, can another, be the last straw a if or you're whatever, already you. thinking about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah I, yeah, I hear you there. I hear you there. I do think everything you laid out as an, is an issue, and it seems like it's an issue, and it seems like it's almost a little, you know. Again, I, I don't know if it is. It just seems like it is almost a little personal as far as what's gone on there. You explained it the right way. Mac Jones wasn't happy. He was telling people he wasn't happy. He was calling people about, hey, can you help us with ideas and do stuff like that, right? From my understanding, Belichick found out all these things. He found out that Mac was talking to people and all this. And there was some, you know, back channel, you know, conversations going on behind Belichick's back. And I think that's where it did get personal,
1: you know? He I, and that's where and, and Belichick made Mac Jones aware of it too, it, as you might imagine. I exactly, which no is why doubt. it
2: stopped. Right, and then I think with you know the Bailey Zappy thing, I think you're right there. I think that was a little bit of a dig at Mac Jones. Mac Jones did not play his best this year. He did some good things, but he had some moments of like, what What are you doing? Why would you make that decision? That interception in this moment. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. I mean, Mac Jones seems like he is the perfect quarterback for what the Patriots usually want to do, not this year, but a guy that's a robot that you can just throw a ton of offense at him. See, he's that kind of guy. He can do more with more, you know, he's not the guy that's like Josh Allen or Mahomes and be like, Oh wait, it's a you know, Hey, I can carry us or do this or do that. Or the game plan's not that bad and I'll get, or not that good and I'll get us over the hump. No, he's a guy that you can go, hey, wait, here's 100 plays and here's 100 checks and I want you to get to this play and I want you to recognize that the safety goes this way, that they're playing this coverage. He can digest all of that. And that's where the McDaniels and the Shanahan's of the world loved him coming out in the draft because they know, wait, I can give him a lot of answers and he'll be able to do it. But he's on thin ice, it seems like, in New England right now.
1: But you know what? I thought of something as you were saying that. And it reminds me of what I've heard people say about Howard Stern, Yeah, that there will never be a Howard Stern because whoever the next Howard Stern is is going to get canceled on his way to becoming Howard Stern, Hmm. because you can't be who Howard Stern was before he graduated to the guy that he now is, right? And I, I thought of that, as weird as it sounds, Mac Jones... Because he lacks the physical ability to go out there and do what Josh Allen's or Patrick Mahomes does, nobody's ever going to be patient enough with him to basically become the next Tom Brady. That's what you're saying. A guy who can process everything, a guy who can make the decision, a guy who knows exactly where to put the football, looks across the line, everything makes sense, runs the offense. But if you don't have that physical ability to make chicken salad out of chicken crap, you're not going to make it because the best of the best have that natural physical ability. He's never going to get the chance to grow into the guy that Tom Brady eventually became.
2: Not the way it is right now. That, that, that's exactly right, Mike. That's right. The, that, that's where you know, they got to think about do they want a future with him, and if they want a future with him, simple offense expecting him to do extraordinary things is not the way it's going to work. You're, you're saying it right. You need an extraordinary offense. You know, the, the, Again, and then he'll look extraordinary, and he'll make the offense look extraordinary. You know, he can make all the appropriate throws and do all of that. And yeah, I think that's, you know, again, why McDaniels loved them and coming out in the drought. I think it's why McDaniels hugged him so much after the Raiders Patriots game to probably tell him to keep his head up. That's why Shanahan loved them. Cause look, I mean, what, how could you not think about what would the 49ers look like with Mac Jones? Oh wait, we're seeing it. That's right. With Brock Purdy, except he's not even as good as Mac Jones. You well, know? so that's the beauty of Mac Jones. And again, that's where, yeah, to your point, they need a good offensive mind in there that can give him all the answers and he'll take advantage of all that that's there to be had in that department.
1: As a smart coach who I sat next to on Sunday in the viewing room observed at one point, Smart quarterbacks know how smart or not their coaches are. Exactly. They know it. Yes. And they react. Right. And they react. And, and again, Matt Patricia, a defensive genius. But that does not make you an offensive genius, as I think Matt Patricia learned this year. All right. Let's take a break. In case you missed it from week 18, we'll do that next year on PFT Live. All right. As the playoffs approach, today's draft the teams we would pick to win the Super Bowl if we were selecting from the odds listed below. From the Chiefs at plus 325 all the way down to the Seahawks at plus plus eight thousand eighty 80 to 1 shot to win it all. Look at the Vikings at 30 to 1. I think that's probably a little higher than it should be, quite frankly. All right, Chris, let's do that draft. We're gonna work through all of them. We're gonna go, this is gonna go the full. All the way through seven whoa, rounds. Wow! First,
2: all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, are you gonna go with
1: the chalk, or are you, gonna, are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna go for
2: value? Well, I, I'm gonna go with chalk. I mean, I mean, again, if you just want to win money, I mean, I'm not looking for the best value or that. But right off the bat, I mean, you know, if I just had a bet to win the Super, yeah, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs number one. I, I I just again, they're they're just too special. They thrive in big moments. You know, they love big plays, big moments. They're players. And I I just still look at them as to be – I got to see it to believe it. So, yeah, if you make me pick one team, I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: I would have taken the Bills if you'd given me the first pick. Okay. Because I feel like the Bills will not be denied. I made the point last week when, when Hank Gathers died during a basketball conference tournament. Yeah. And they made it all the way to the final eight. They went farther than the talent was ever going to take them with that inspiration. And obviously, DeMar Hamlin's going to be fine. But I feel like that lifts them even more. They already were good enough to win it all without that thrown on top of it. Give me the bills.
2: Yeah, I uh, I, I understand that. I do. Um, I guess, I'm, again, I, I, they're right up there. It's just I worry about a little bit what we've always worried about. Uh, that, that it's just it's, it's a little too centric on the one guy a little. Just like we saw a little last... I mean, again, the game was a great story the other day, but I do worry that they just rely on him to make magic, Josh Allen. And that's that's where I get a little scared for him. Chris, Go ahead.
1: Chris, maybe they'll work Naheem Himes into the offense. Hopefully. a little bit now. Right. He had 11 touches in nine games offensively. Maybe they'll... Maybe they'll- put him in space and let him do what he did a couple of times on Sunday yeah
2: maybe he could be another element or at least another guy that they can you know create a few little wrinkles for or whatever just to to change some looks on the offense I hear you there all right well the next one I'm I I don't know who I want to pick right here I well I'm I'm I'm, you know in 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 between here I'm gonna go with the Eagles I'll go with the Eagles next I will Oof. I yeah. Uh, wow. I know I know I I don't know if I necessarily Go ahead and believe
1: down for the 49ers. Right.
2: Well, I know you would. I I just I don't know if I necessarily believe I or... thought about taking him first. I I I get you. I get you. I I guess you know the Eagles it's it's a little bit of a weird feel because yeah, the injury to Jalen Hurts, they didn't finish the season that strong. Uh it was a little bit of a lackluster performance in week 18 the other day against the Giants backups, right? Uh, but they got, they jumped out to a 19 nothing lead and kind of took their foot off the gas. But I still look at them as to be one of the most you know flawless teams in the sport. There's really no glaring area of weakness there at all. And uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked if they're not playing on least championship Sunday.
1: I just feel like with the Eagles, they're that kid that's figured out how to ride the bike and they're riding it really well and everything's fine. And all of a sudden, it's starting to wobble. Yeah, I got you. I don't know which way it's going? I know. Go. I I just I feel like the wobble has introduced itself to the Eagles. I'm scared at about this, that, At too. the worst possible stage. Yes. they're, they're, hit, they're It's kind of like they're hitting a slump just at the moment where they need to be really stepping up. They may have peaked too soon. That's why I got 49ers. I, I think the 49ers keep their key players healthy. I think they're going to win it all. Chris Berman predicted Bill's 49ers every year from, I believe, 1990 through 1999 as the Super Bowl participants, and it never happened. I have a feeling this year it's going to be Bill's Niners. I, I, I You know, not crazy. I picked
2: Chiefs 49ers before the year. Uh, I think if you made me pick right now, I'd pick it to be that again. I guess what I looked at as far as favor in this draft is, yeah, they got to win three games to get there. It still is a rookie quarterback uh, that I, I guess I worry about to a degree. But I, I think if, if we were going to have the conversation for, like, team that's playing the best right now in football – it's, it's, it's the San Francisco 49ers. And in a lot of ways, I think them you know their defense getting torn apart by the Raiders a few weeks ago was probably a good thing. Kind of a refocus, wake-up, slap-in-the-face moment of like, hey, wait, wait, we got some things to clean up here. Uh, but uh, I, I understand you there with the 49ers. Next, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Bengals are my next choice. Uh, pretty easy. I think they'd be the one, if you told me, wait, what's the one that has the best value? That's the Bengals. I think we could sit here and make the case that the Bengals really, from top to bottom, are the most complete team in the AFC. You know, I think we can look at little areas of the Bills and the Chiefs and go, wait, they have some problems here on their roster and their team. The Bengals, I don't know if they really have that. I think they match up with just about anybody in the sport. You know, Demons aligned good. The Demons is good throughout. They're coached well. You know, the offensive line we know is not great, and they got another little injury there with Alec Kappa that's concerning, uh, but they turned the corner to be good enough. Uh, The Bengals are, I I think, a really quality team, and I would not be shocked if they're back in the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. uh,
1: I'm looking at my preseason prediction because I had forgotten what it was. I picked the Chiefs over the Packers, so – so much for that next one for me this is where it gets interesting because i think the cowboys right now are not very inspiring you know what you know what here what let's go value let's go bucks i'll go bucks i was thinking jaguars but i think bucks that's value that's 25 to 1 and that's with a couple on the board just that's that's not that much of a value at this point but i i think that tom brady's playoff experience is going to be a huge difference maker. I'm probably going to pick them to win on Monday night. I'll go ahead and tip my hand now, but I'm probably going to pick them to beat the Cowboys. I just think they're going to be very dangerous in a single elimination setting with Tom Brady, with all that experience. He's not going to be freaked out. And unless, they, unless they're down by 20 points, he's going to find a way late to make it interesting.
2: Yeah. I I'm, they, they match up well with the Cowboys in a lot of ways. And that's what's scary. And then I think what Jason Garrett brought up the other night on, on uh, Football Night in America, you know, Dallas is a different team on grass. I, I, I totally agree with them there. You know, they're a team that's built to be on that field turf and be fast and overwhelm you with that speed. Grass slows the game down. and makes it a little different that way. And we see they got issues there. Um, so I, I, I hear you with your Bucks pick. I'm going to go Cowboys next. Not that I feel terribly in love with that, with the way they look as of late here. Uh, there is some flaws, but I still think when you look at them and when they played at their best, you know, their top-end, top football performances, it's up there with the better teams in the sport. So I'll I'll take the Cowboys here in round four of this seven-round draft.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is pretty deep. I don't feel like I'm giving in to any potential biases that may be lurking around through 50 years of scars on my soul. I think I'll put the Vikings. Oh, anyway.
0: boo, boo,
1: boo. Yeah, they, no. I, I still think that – look, I was watching that game last night thinking this is how the divisional round is going to look if it's Vikings 49ers. Um, so, anyway. Uh, don't that, worry. You're
2: not – don't worry. Your you team won't be – I'll tip my hand for you. I'm picking they, the Giants, okay? You won't be in the divisional round. It. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: that's that's the that's the reality if the vikings know the ass whooping is coming will it really make them sufficiently focused they would benefit tremendously i was trying to explain this to my son the other night because he's like just worry about the giants vikings game i don't want to talk about any other game it's like but the 49ers and the seahawks play the day before if somehow the seahawks beat the 49ers that changes the mindset for the vikings totally we we'll change to it go for go to everybody and get their asses kicked
2: right yes change yes. it for yes. the cowboys too the cowboys game right
1: if if, I mean, if the Vikings would win on Sunday, they'd get a home game the next time. That's so much different than having to go to Santa Clara and yeah. lose again. All right, got to take a break. We'll do the rest of this when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, we've got four rounds that we've done so far. There are six teams left. And instead of going through the last kids who would be picked for the basketball team on the playground, let's just do this. And here are the teams left Chargers Ravens Jaguars Dolphins Giants Seahawks which team in your mind of those six has no chance
2: the Seahawks they have no chance that's the one I'm going to take right wow. off the bat yes right
1: wow I am suddenly a Seahawks fan boy I want to see the Seahawks win I want to say the Dolphins and not and this is not an anti tua thing I don't think Tua's is going to play and yeah, I think right. without Tua hey Tua on I'm actually complimenting the guy without Tua they've got no chance with Tua could get interesting. With Tua, they could beat Buffalo. Without Tua, it's going to be a long three hours for the Dolphins in Orchard Park. Yeah.
2: I, I, I think I, I would probably still, if Teddy played, I don't think it's crazy to think that they, you know, again, it's, it's not as likely as with Tua, but I don't think it's crazy to think they could pull off some upset against the Bills. It's not crazy, but I'm with you there. With no Tua, I certainly don't think they can be as dangerous or go to the the Super Bowl that way. The other team, I think I would – I mean, the Seahawks, yeah, it's a horrible defense. We've seen their offense not even be all that great here as of late either. The Giants would probably be another team I'd throw in there. We talk about Super Bowl, yeah. You know, hey, Seahawks, Giants, could they win a game? Certainly, but to get to the Super Bowl, absolutely no. No, no way.
1: Their Super Bowl would just be to beat the Vikings on Sunday. That would be. Would That'll to be, to be my
2: Super Bowl. Bowl. And
1: it won't shock.
2: Me. Yes.
1: It won't. It won't. Yeah. Thanks. Or, After, or, I have to revisit. Yes. My plan to be around you on Let's Sunday. Let's go, Giants. Week. Maybe I'll get sick this week. You're gonna be with You're me. me tough. You. Have a great day. See ya.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?